Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with our coverage of Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass with episodes three and four titled Book Three, Proverbs, and Book Four, Lamentation. These episodes really advance the damn story, y'all. Mm. So let's get into it. <laughs> Vampires! Mm, who would have thought, except for me? No, <laughs> yeah, right? I did not I was believe not. that for a second no, when I first I was, said it. But, mm -mm. you know, the blood was all you. And I, that's just going to be, it seems like, the main point for everything, right? It's just all about the blood. What are you talking about vampires? I thought I thought it was angels. Man. Yeah, right? I thought we were talking about angels over here. Still could be a thing. Just a weird take I mean, on it. Like, well, you think we're going to get a name drop of vampires? I don't know if they're going to name drop it, but I think it should be assumed at this point it's vampires. Okay. Listen, demons are yeah. fallen angels, baby. In okay. case That's you, true. In case you I didn't mean, know. We talked about that on Winona. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Let's just talk about our theories from the last two really quick and just say how wrong or right we were. The obvious ones are that Pruitt and Monsignor are the same. Mm -hmm. So easy. Yes. Yeah, so and only... Me and Paul got that little fist bump through the oh fucking Oh, my God. Zoom. I'm the one who said it first. I have it written right here. Kathleen went first. She said they are not going to be the same person. Only Followed because I wanted to Jimmy go with saying not <laughs> the same person. I'm the one who put it out there on the pod that they're probably the same person. And I, I might have to listen to that one back. But, but at the end, when you had to guess, you said, no, they are not. Because I was but hoping it, that be, they weren't. No, no. I totally got you. I honestly, for the longest time, didn't believe just because it was i felt like it was so obvious right in your face but yeah. we ended up getting the whole story from book three that was like the whole narration over the the series of events of the episode um and it was pretty cool i mean he's in a, he's in a jerusalem or what is it jerusalem yeah. and he's walking in the desert and just finds a cave well, well i mean to your um, point you actually said is one of your theories like what if he is on his trip and he finds his youth somehow. Remember, you did say that. I mean, you didn't bring up finding a monster <laughs> or a vampire, but you kind of yeah. talked about it. I mean, I watched episode three. I had to go right into episode four, but I was actually a little upset at episode three until episode four happened because I thought it was too easy. I really did. I thought it was too easy, and that's why my theory was that they weren't the same person. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they were the same person i was like uh but then when you start finding out other stuff like our other theories were about the monster and our theory was that he was controlling the monster and the monster was doing his bidding but yeah. really it's the opposite which is very cool he, yeah the monster continued being young and it's just i feel like i'm comfortable saying that if this sticks to landing in any way shape or form i'm already ready to say i liked it better than bly manor okay uh, definitely not Haunting of Hill House. Right. Still can be better than Haunting of Hill House. Most likely will not. But just how this is going, like I spoke a lot about in the first one, how I like religion and fantasy and, and shows and stuff like that. And I think this is doing it for me so freaking yeah. well. Like I loved all the desert clips. And like I had no idea where it was going to go. I figured it by the end we were going down the road of Pruitt being Father Paul, but not in the way that they took it. Yeah. And then so I have so many comments about the monster itself. And like how does the voice changing thing play into any i was of this. just gonna say that there's no it doesn't make any mimic sense. thing yet at all right um kathleen go ahead i was gonna say before we move past just the reveal of pruitt and paul being the same person i think that it's nice that they did it in episode three there's seven episodes they weren't saying mm -hmm. that this is the big reveal yeah, they're just saying that yeah, this is a good. reveal and just because it's guessable doesn't mean it's bad right you know what i mean i think that the way Father Paul is playing it is amazing. His his preaching is incredible. His scenes with Riley are genuine. Like yeah, he's a good he's a good dude. dude. Yeah. When he's laying there with dead ass chomped Joe on the floor and just being like, uh, yeah, I just uh, like yeah. he plays it so well. You're like, okay, this guy doesn't want to do this. He just kind of fell into this. Like this is what happened to me. My biggest quarrel is like. He sees this monster and he's like, an angel. It's like, that's not a fucking angel. That's a monster, dude. Why do you think that's an angel? Yeah, so 
first things first here, like we know that he's an old senile guy. So he goes into this cave. He gets attacked. He's all messed up. Right. But then he says angel and then he brings him back to life. This and that. I'm okay with that. But as soon as you're young again and you see what this thing looks like, you see that it only can come out at night. You need to know this is not an actual angel. (laughs) To add on to like, come on, you have to know this is a vampire, not an angel. When he's telling the story um, and he's young, he looks up at this vampire like the, the morning of and when he says he realizes it's an angel, it's because he can see they added like a slight golden halo to him. Yeah. And it's not like the angel halo. It's like the what you see in saints of on the Bible, like the, the golden circle behind their head. So maybe he saw that and just convinced himself. But yeah, like what's going to suck blood and be an angel? That doesn't seem, yeah. seem right. And Beverly herself, she shot up through my character rankings in terms of being an interesting person. Mm-hmm. I honestly think she might have even been the MVP of episode four. But just the way that she dances around keeping her religion to to be the forefront of her whole personality and being like when she morphs the Christian religion to whatever's going on to make sense, like when Pruitt touches the light and burns and she's okay with it and she wraps it around into being like, this is part of God's plan. God yeah. was a sword. He was not peaceful. Yeah. I kind of fucking love all that because yeah. I thought she was going to, when she started realizing that there was something wrong with, with Pruitt slash Paul, she was going to be an enemy to him. I don't know. I somehow yeah. thought she was going to heel turn and be good, but now I'm thinking she's just going to be just full evil. I always thought she was going to be this indebted God warrior to him. Yeah. Like she was always going to bend the rules to, I mean, you see it literally when she's arguing with the sheriff in the classroom, when he's saying, okay, he's literally owning her and being like, you wouldn't like it. If I brought the Quran, if, if your kid came in with the Quran, you wouldn't like it. And then she just flips it. Right. She does not care. She's single mindedly. Okay. It's so funny because I actually read some scathing articles about how she's the worst character of the show. And just so like one note, like really unchanging. And I'm like, yeah, she's the real villain of this, of this, like she, the monster's a villain, but she's the actual villain. Yeah, I hate her, but I, I love her as a character. It's like Umbridge. I love to hate her. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Because I still don't know. Do you think that Paul Hill told Bev the first night that she walked in? Or do you think Bev found out when everybody else found out? Well, about him being Monsignor? Yeah, like, do you think he like, said, hey, I'm going to go by you know, Paul Hill, but mm-hmm. I'm actually... No. Yeah, so, you don't there's think so there's the scene where it shows her twice looking at the picture. The first one, you don't see that it's the picture. The reveal doesn't happen until later. But when she comes in and he's sick for the first time, you see her staring at something and she's going like, oh, and it like it's like dawning on her. And then from that moment on, she's acting like he's Pruitt. OK, so she just found out like episode three, but she knew it slightly before. Yeah, the other. And- three jabronis and the other thing about our guesses when it came to pruitt and bev is we assumed or at least i assumed that pruitt meaning paul okay but i didn't say that they're the same but now we're saying that i thought paul was going to be the villain like i thought he was going to turn out being bad yeah you know so i was like all right if he's bad and the monster is doing his bidding then Bev will just take his side and he can just be like i'm the voice of god you need to follow me but really Paul's a really good guy, pretty pure, except for the fact that now he has he's being taken over by the vices of being a vampire. And Bev is taking it as a sign from God. So now she's following him. But I have a feeling that it's almost going to be like she's the one who's like keeping this whole thing going Mm because he's going to be like, I can't do this anymore. She's like, you are God. I thought that until the very last second of episode four where now it seems like, okay, he's going to get his juice and he's going to be good for a little bit and he's still all in on doing whatever he needs to do for... He's going to get well. Yeah, yeah. he's going to get well. <laughs> he's going to do whatever he needs to do to get back on, t- on track. He's going to be level-headed and not be sick for a little bit. And the fact that he's aware of this whole Riley thing, I think he's just totally... I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm so back and forth with what I think for him because I want him to be good. Yeah. yeah. Because that is like a trope breaker compared to the trope that... Flanagan's leaning into of them being the same person and I'll take that trade off any day where yeah. he's going to be a gray character and not just a 
evil character because he has the best acting performance of the show so far. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope he's not bad because I love to love him, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'll learn to love to hate him. But that being said, I just I think the last guess that we had was that everybody who went to mass and drank the wine healed them. We were yep. saying healed, but we really should have been thinking that they're aging in reverse because, you know, if Pruitt aged in reverse, why wouldn't everybody else? And you can, can we- see it, too, in Mildred's makeup, too. Is that what it is? Are we assuming it's aging in reverse or just pure healing? Like, I know it is making all the people that have dementia younger and their brains getting back to when they're, you know, all mentally sound and stuff. And and it makes sense with Aaron, too, who's kind of reversing in age and her pregnant body's going backwards. But like what? So Henry Thomas's hair isn't salt and pepper anymore. Yeah. She, okay. The wife's not wearing glasses because she can see it. the makeup is getting mm-hmm. less old. She's going to be I, hot I think by even, the end, isn't she? I yeah. think even woman <laughs> mayor doesn't have glasses on anymore. Like there are certain things yeah. where everyone looks. So younger. we said straight up that everyone looks aged up. So yeah, and that's why we guessed that a lot of people we thought it was flashbacks. Mm-hmm. We thought they were just going to be used for flashback purposes. Yeah. But yeah, I think, Paul, you're on the right track when you're saying that everyone's de-aging. But I also think it's kind of like when you think of like vampires and you're thinking of something that's like immortal, like a vampire doesn't de-age to be a kid. It just de-ages to be like your prime mm-hmm. perfect body. So, like, I don't assume that, you know, they're turning into kids or anything. I just assume that they're getting to be perfect. Whatever age for them is perfect. And like, when it comes to um, Kate Siegel's character, Aaron, Aaron, you yeah. know, it's it's de-aging her to the point where she never had the child in her stomach or even the fact that, like, the child could almost be like an intruder to her body that's yeah. being healed, quote unquote, from the blood that's what i originally thought was it was like healing the pregnancy because it's seeing it exactly as you're saying like an invader but i i'm i think it makes more sense for it to be all age related but that leads me to my next question is are we not thinking that the eventual end game of continually taking these vampire blood is for them to look and be like this vampire creature is that is he like a different tier and they're on or are they on their way to becoming that if they continually do this what do you i was thinking that the whole time like when Paul was like getting those like pain attacks or whatever you want to call it. And he was like retching. He was like turning his back. And I was like, dude, is he going to grow wings? wings?" Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I was waiting for it the whole time. Um, And that's where I eventually think it's going to go. But I I wonder how long it takes, because if if you think of the timeline, you know, when did Paul Hill take it first in the cave? Mm -hmm. And like now he's getting these side effects. So the people from Crockpot, you know, how long is it going to take? All right. Well, let's talk rules here. Okay. Paul's the Paul loves rules. Let's talk about rules. Okay. So the first thing before we get into the rules though, is father Paul dies. Okay. So there has to be a rule here about what happens when you die and come back to life because he could walk in the sun and he could be a normal person for the most part. He was just de-aged by the blood, but then he starts becoming addicted to blood and vampire like burning from the light burning from the light after he dies and he's resurrected right oh so so far so far everyone has just drank the blood nobody's like walking around like oh the sun hurts and he never was like that either he he was not killed in the cave he was attacked and then he was healed all in one shot because the the monster the vampire heard him saying angel 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 healed him and then there goes his journey. He never had any sun problems, blah, blah, blah. Now we have him dying and sidebar here. Let's talk about him dying because did you think that Bev poisoned him? No. Is that, wait, Are you saying we should have thought that or that's a theory? I'm asking if you guys thought that because that's People, what I thought. So I when she gives him the soup and everything, like I was like, what's in that soup, girl? Like, I thought some weird things were happening with yeah. Bev only because she's with the rat poison. But I'm like, what would her end game be? Well, they show a so shot he, of the rat poisoning again in episode three. So right? here's, the, here's what I'm saying here. OK, the, the dog gets poisoned. OK, besides the fact that we see that she's a biatch. Right. And she's <laughs> a bad person. That's proving that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the poison gets brought in again, like you said, Luke showing her put it away again and we know that she is like sprinkling it here and there but why show us that again unless she poisoned him and my thought would be that 
she doesn't really like bow down to him until he's resurrected. Right. She's still saying like father, father, Paul, father, Paul. But when he's resurrected, she's like, holy shit. I'm guessing that she poisoned him. Same exact symptoms as the dog. He was foaming at the mouth exactly the same way Mm -hmm. the dog died. And then she saw him get resurrected. And then she's like, this is God's plan. That's the way I took it. I mean, I don't see otherwise why he would die unless it's just like, oh, you don't have enough blood. So you're you die. I mean, I took it like that the first time. But now I think you're right. And Flanagan doesn't deliberately put anything in any shots like I mean, not deliberately do it. And when he when he focused on the rat poisoning there, I just didn't even connect it. But I I, I think I like that. I mean, it it looks like, too, that she's almost like expecting she's kind of like standing over him and then like everyone else is freaking out and she's kind of going like, oh, no, but she's still like kind (laughs) of waiting. And then he comes back and she's like, oh, thank God. Thank God. And then she's like, this is a sign. Like, and then it's the whole thing is like, okay, you're mm-hmm. sent from God. You're an angel. You know, I just don't see why she would poison him. I don't think she's a murderer besides a dog. Well, she isn't a murderer. She's testing. She's seeing if God will bring him back. What a bitch. If that's true. I love oh. that angle. Yeah. Me too. Really that was a great scene that the actors in that scene were flabbergasted and distraught and all those emotions they were played it very well because i was like fuck dude Mm -hmm. that was a crazy graphic scene and so was the joe scene rip joe oh my god (laughs) he got his head chomped yep that was horrible that first of all the poison scene was like on par with joffrey in game of thrones like just choking and like the eyes bulging um and then Two, holy shit, how depressing was Joe Colley, man. He he's finally turning his life around, goes in, just gets I don't know what so what happened? He was like hugging him, he was like basically smothering him, he wouldn't let him go. Joe pushed off of him, banged his head, and that's it. Or did Mm -hmm. so he so it's not like Pruitt or Paul or whatever you want to call him, shoved him intentionally. No, he didn't shove him, but I it says on the subtitles like he sniffs him. I think he was like hugging him and being like Blood. Yeah. yeah, we still think Paul's good. And when he did knock him over by accident and he sees him dying pretty much, he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But then he sees the blood. and He's like, mm, baby, let's go. <laughs> Starts licking it like a popsicle. But wait, let's go back to just the actual acting performance. Joe Colley was perfect. I mean, you really feel for him in these scenes, especially in the scenes with him, Riley a- and Paul, like oh, that yeah. scene where Paul is saying, I like, to Riley basically saying, like, just shut up and do it. Shut up yeah. and tell him. I know you can. Just shut up and fucking do it. Great scene. Um, Kali telling Riley about his sister and just opening up and him sobbing when Lisa confronts him in the trailer. I mean, you really start feeling for him. I think that was such a a, a death that you felt it. You felt uh, that I've been feeling for him since I'm watching that dog die. Like, I'm still sad about that yeah. scene. But did any of us, I know we went around and picked someone to die at the end of our last podcast. I think I said Sarah, Dr. Sarah. Did anyone pick Joe? Uh, I don't know. So. I will say, though, I cut it because mm-hmm. we had some audio issues, but I did say the baby wasn't going to make it. You remember? I you said did that? say that. Yeah, yeah, you didn't think it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audio issues, meaning someone said something inappropriate. I can't remember. Probably Paul said something inappropriate. My bad. <laughs> so I was just trying to keep track after doing these notes for these two episodes. I just went back thinking of all the times we've seen people drinking the blood. Yeah. Are the only people that we can really trust? Wasn't it just Joe, Riley, the sheriff, and Ali? Aaron. No, Aaron. I Aaron's believe. been drinking Aaron, the blood. Aaron's I thought, been didn't drinking it. She mm-hmm. has. Yeah. Oh, Which I thought we were she... talking and we confirmed pure because good. the test tube. Yeah, and the baby being gone. Yeah, that but, test uh, tube was crazy bananas. Yeah. Sarah's that like, is a, that test tube is a point against what you were saying about Father Pruitt having to have died to come back for the for him to experience those symptoms because Aaron's blood was reacting to the light and she never died. Well, I, I would say that the blood isn't hers; it's the vampire's blood mixed with hers. Okay, that's why I'm saying it would burn. Uh, I mean, again, it's just a theory. I don't freaking yeah, yeah. know. He's but, just tainted. Yeah, but I mean, okay, real quick, let's get back to what we were saying about the rules. So if we say that he died from poison, that's when he starts having the symptoms of I can't touch the light, I need blood, etc. Everybody else so far hasn't had that. So And we could, for sure have seen him in the light because the first episode when he's meeting everybody outside the church. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been in the light. Yeah, he's been in the light. Okay, yeah. cool. So I guess, yeah, I guess that does hold more weight than i thought because i thought that aaron's blood was going to be what proves that wrong but maybe not yeah so i would just 
I mean, again, I don't know if I'm right, but I would just say that the blood is not her blood. It's mixed with the okay. vampires. And that's, you know, the blood of Christ is the vampire, the sacrament that he calls it. That's mm-hmm. the vampire specific blood. Um, do we, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but since we're talking about it, do we think that Riley is going to come back now? As I was waiting to talk about this. This is like yeah, the biggest cliffhanger ever. Like, couldn't have planned ending on episode four better just for, like, to get our guesses. I know. I was freaking out. I would say that it sucks that between three and four, we saw them both when we're podcasting on both, because I had a lot of good guesses mid-episode that I'm like, they're already answered, which sucks, because there's only seven episodes. They've been answering our questions really fast. But, yeah, Riley, I'm so glad that he's going to be another, like, kind of Paul Good but he's now has to deal with this like awful thing that was like g- given well, to him. It's like an STD or something. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, here's, here's what we have to talk about here. The monster is attacking him and we don't see the end. Like he's being eaten as it ends. Mm-hmm. So is he just going to get fed the blood? Like Paul yeah, was, do you Paul's think, or do you him. think he's going to die? And they're going to, and like feed him the blood and bring him back. Like, do you think he's going to be a monster? Do you think he's just going to be, like it's going to force him to be like religious, drink the blood. Like it's going to so force- you think he's going to he's going to own up to that and think he's this is all religious. No, I think he's going to have to confront it more than he wants to. Like, you know what I mean? I think right now he's avoiding it at all costs. He's like, fuck this. I don't want it. Like he prayed with Aaron and he'll go to church, but he doesn't take community. He doesn't do this and that. But now he's really going to have to confront this mm-hmm. head on, which is going to be a struggle for him. I don't think he's going to be a monster. I think he's going to be like Father Paul when Father Paul is his best. But I'm saying you think he's going to be a vampire, though. He's going to need the blood like Paul yeah. needs the blood when he or else he'll faint and shit. Yeah, I totally I agree. So if my yeah. theory is right, though, he has to die and then come back. I don't. Pruitt didn't die. He just got younger. Pruitt dies when he gets poisoned is what I'm saying. I know, but I'm saying he's going to be like Paul when he first hits up, hits the. So you're saying pot. he's not a vampire because if he. Paul gets brought back. He's just a young dude and he's not a vampire yet. He, he still can go in the light and he, can, he doesn't need blood. He but, does need it. He's fainting pre him dying because he's re ran out of the sacrament. He there's says a difference it. between I need the sacrament from the vampire and people's blood. Like when he's licking blood and he's eating Joe's blood. He needs That's, the vampire sacrament. I'm going to say not. Okay, the, so you don't think he's going to be a vampire. You just think he's going to be like Paul. The vampire sack. He needs the vampire sack. (laughs) Um, But so my biggest question is the only other person we've seen get attacked is Bull and we haven't seen him. So the question is, is Bull dead or is he just off hidden right now or something like that? Because whatever happens to him, I think is going to happen to Riley. I mean, Riley's situation is worse because he saw something that he shouldn't have. Yeah. Bull got like trapped into it. So like, I'm worried that they're going to be, they're going to be worried that Riley's going to obviously tell everybody. So they're going to have to silence him. And I will say if they do kill him and like, he's just not in the show anymore, I will be absolutely shook. That changes the outlook on how I'm going to view episodes, you know, five, six and seven. I think that bull is just blood sucked like the cats. I think he treated bull like a, like food. And I think that um, Paul's going to interfere somehow mm-hmm. with changing how Riley is going to like mentor up. him in a way. No, like, you say like, interfere I think Paul's going to be like, mm, let's or... save him. Yeah. Like, let's not yeah. kill him. Gotcha. Let's yeah. save him. Instead of bold. He bold was strictly food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bold such a dumb name. So I guess, I guess a good conversation topic that this directly leads into is what do we think the vampire's goal is? Because is he num, 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 num. Like, <laughs> did he do that to, to Pruitt turning him into father Paul? Like for a purpose other than food, because obviously he did. He let him live. Like, is it is it going to be for a higher purpose? Is he making quote unquote like minions? I think so. That's he what I would say. So that's what Riley will be. He'll basically be a recruited soldier into the vampire army. That's going to happen, right? He chose. But the, the wrong problem guy. is, like, they still have their own mind. So, but they do rely on him. If anything, what I would say is Riley is going to be the one who's like, this is not God. This is a monster, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because he doesn't believe in God. I mean, it might it, he'll have to believe in something now, but I still think him is he's going to be like, dude, this is a freaking monster. I'm looking right at him. He's not an angel. So that tees up a really good face off of directly Bev versus Riley then. Yeah. 
because they're both looking at the same exact event and they're seeing what's happening to father Paul and they're, they're living in this world of miracles right now. And, but they're both going to be taking opposite sides. One saying, this is God. Right. And then the other one saying, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like we have to, you know, yeah. okay. So I'm all in on that. I, I think feel like, like that's a good, back that's to a good your idea. question. Yeah. I think back to your question, Luke, I'm guessing if you're a vampire, isn't your goal to suck blood and just create more vampires? Or is it just to live and like, or is it buy... just to suck the blood? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, so are they turning, like you said, minions? Are you turning the entire island into vampires or are you just trying to use it as like a feeding ground? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we need to know that answer yet. No, and I think there's, it's different in all lore. I don't think vampires. <laughs> Kathleen, what did I say earlier? What? Is that what a real life vampire does? Yeah, he goes, he goes <laughs> real life vampires would have done. And I'm like, he, he caught himself before I could make fun I can't of remember what the that. question was, but I said something. I was, we were talking You're like, about in real life time. vampires. Yeah. I was like, in real life, do vampires need to stay in the dark i can't hear something like that I can't but remember. i can't they're I, just there has to be an agenda here more than just surviving because wh- if it was just about getting food and turning people into soldiers the first time when riley saw the vampire yeah. and it was during the storm now night, we can assume he could have just turned around and did what he did right there but he didn't and i'm wondering if there was a reason for that well i'm also wondering the reason that pruitt brought him over to the island he says in the narration I know a place where like this angel is needed more than any like where else. And so like what happens? He was, he just asked the angel like, Hey, come with me and let me use your blood to heal this Island. And the, and the yeah, creature, yeah, like, he doesn't, he doesn't like, hey, go for it. Yeah. He doesn't know that the creature's evil. He thinks he created a miracle. So he's think this is my home. I'm taking these, this angel home and I'll use it for my home. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get all my peeps all nice and healed. That's I'll give why. everybody the vampire sack, dude. And what really, <laughs> what really sack. backs up what you just said there, even more besides him explicitly saying that, like when in the flashback saying, "I want to bring him to heal the island," yeah. is when he sees and talks to Sarah's mom after yep. she's healed in the fourth episode, and he just like breaks character for a yeah. second. He's like, "I can't wait to tell you everything." Yeah. So I do think, in his mind. Paul, that is his end game is to heal everyone perfectly normal. Like this That's is this is our new god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's and just what's the vampire's end game? Exactly, we don't know. Are we? I guess we should probably. I know we're like 25, 30 minutes into this podcast, but should we? Should we decide on calling him Paul or Pruitt? Like, or does it? Is there a different? I think when he's young, call him Father Paul. I'm gonna still call him Paul just okay. because. But then we have a Paul on the pod. Yeah, and- <laughs> oh, it's a sexy name. We can call him. Paul. <laughs> Father Paul, yeah. I fine. just think that there's got to be an answer to the distinction distinction between when you turn into the vampire that can't touch the light, or when you just need the sack, the vampire sack. Past just time having the blood in you. Yeah, like is it just as simple as like if you have enough of the sack in you that you turn <laughs> <laughs> that you turn <laughs> that you turn vampire, or is it like I said that you have to die and you come back and now you're a vampire? That's a I, fantastic catch. I just, if you get. Yeah, that, I think that the answer will happen with Riley, and that's why I was like. Getting a little argumentative with Kathleen just because I wanted to know what you were thinking based on. Do you think he's going to just need the sack or do you think he's going to be full on Riley? Hey, I, I have to only come out at night and I can't like touch the sun and I'm going to need human blood to suck on. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually thought, dude, I had to watch this episode twice and I told Kathleen that I needed it two times. Mm-hmm. I've watched both twice. I didn't catch like the poison thing. I thought I missed, but maybe I'm just wrong, you know, but um. I thought Riley died. Like, honestly, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, they just killed Zach Kilford off the show. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was this, the typical, like, you saw what you shouldn't have seen and you're dead now. Does anyone have it spoiled for them like that? They know for a fact he's not. No, no. I, but I, but now they're like, I saw it a second time. And we're kind of just talking about it. I just assume that he probably will become like a minion or something. You there's know. too much open-ended like with his dream like that yeah, needs to get talked yeah. about. So I don't think there's really a, a chance that he's dead, dead. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait. I to mean, see what it happens is crazy. Like he, he was telling Aaron that his dream always ends with the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. And then this, then the dream the sun never comes up. It's like about to rise. He says, as soon as I see the sun, I wake okay, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that like the vampire, they can't see the sun. I don't know. I'm just being and a little crazy. Is, here. is it going <laughs> to be, is it possible that it's going to be a thing where he no longer goes to sleep? seeing the dead girl anymore because i guess if that's a part of like a broken mind it could he could heal oh, to yeah. the point where he's no longer seeing that vision and that's going to be one of the things that like freaks him out and he starts talking about i don't know maybe that's could be something We're or, yeah 
I mean, vampires I never sleep. Gonna, sorry, I don't. I just don't know how that's going to play into it. The vision of the dead girl from the DUI. Yeah. Yeah, vampires never sleep, so he's never going to have uh, dreams again. Oh yeah. Right? Don't that's they just great. like vampires in real life cold? not sleep? <laughs> in real life. No, they um, actually do sleep um, in their coffin. Yeah, they that's sleep only yeah. because of the daylight. Yeah, they sleep yeah, during yeah. the day. But yeah. it's a whole dream yeah. of the girl during the day. Yeah, I thought it was more meditation, but I will say <laughs> the the point that Riley, Doctor Detective Riley, was able to figure out Doctor um, Detective because because Paul was saying, you know, hey, Joe Colley's not going to be here. He went to visit his sister, and yeah, yeah, that was episode three. He actually tells Riley, he's like, the only person who ever gave a shit about me was my sister. And she died, and I couldn't even go visit her. I couldn't leave, blah, blah, blah. And that's how Riley knows straight up that she's dead. But Pruitt, being the same Pruitt that you know has been there the whole time, would assume that the sister's alive because he doesn't have that new information yet. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he's telling a good lie. Gotcha. You know, I think this is a perfect break. I have something I'm looking to pitch you guys. It's a pitch town, possibly. <laughs> Our first book, Pitch Town. All right, listen, spooky season, it's getting cold out. You want to cozy up with a nice, good book? You want something a little creepy? I got the book for you guys. You ready for this? It's The School Bus by Richard McCrowan. Let me read a little bit about it. On one tragic October day, a school bus on its way to a third grade field trip and filled with children becomes involved in a horrible accident along a lonely mountain road. The loss of life is terrible and send the town into a tailspin. Ten-year-old Jimmy Freeman and his four friends have heard all of the stories and rumors of that horrific event and want to go and see the site for themselves. But there are some things that are better left alone. The School Bus by Richard McCrowan is a terrifying ghost story in the vein of Stephen King and Stand By Me, available on Amazon in paperback and ebook or an audiobook at Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. The School Bus by Richard McCrowan, if you dare. Also, I fucking love Stephen King and Stand By Me. That sounds dope. Will read. In. I'm in. All right, I'm in. I'll try it out. We're all readers on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we keep going into guesses and theories and tinfoil hats, I just want to like tip the cap to a lot of the good monologues yeah. in this one. Bev and the sheriff going at it in the classroom. I think Riley and Aaron's after death mm-hmm. conversation they have is really good and and intense and something that I think is interesting. Um, I will say that a lot of the religious speeches and monologues i had to watch them more than once Mm -hmm. because i i I can't absorb them i'm like i don't know what any of this means like i wish i was getting the references when when bev is like dropping parts of the bible or some sword yeah like things like that like oh that's that's book of john remember book of john that's (laughs) lamentations bitch i'm like god i wish i got these references yeah it was pretty cool like when she says it like that when she lists out like okay all these events take place in the bible and they're awful things and i'm like wow like i guess when they're being preached they're never really being said how awful it actually was but like saying yeah, being sent to egypt to kill like the non-believers and then she goes on to say we flooded the entire world when everybody stopped believing like talking about noah's ark and all that other stuff Mm -hmm. so there is like just mass murder in the Bible so many times. And she's like, Hey, this is just maybe one of those times. It's a modern day miracle. It ain't pretty, but it is what it is. I think one of the big questions we have now, right before Joe gets chomped, he says that old man wasn't celibate while he's looking at the picture of young Pruitt and saying like, Oh, like this is uncanny. You could be a son like this. old I wouldn't be surprised. This old man wasn't celibate. And then he gets chomped. You think it's Sarah's? It's got to be Prode's daughter, right? That's oh, exactly oh, oh, oh. what Emily got me thinking because yeah. there's a, a few different signs. First, it was like episode one or two when Paul comes in. She goes, "Oh, John," and Sarah goes, "No, like, sorry, Father Paul. She thinks you're my father." Which yep. And then two when Mildred Granny Millie is coming around, um, she's she's starting to get like more and more cognitive abilities back and when she's quizzing her when sarah is quizzing her mother she says who's my father and mildred like pauses for like a long time and yeah. she goes hey mom did you hear that like who's my father it's like she almost had to like double think about it right. i didn't catch that emily did i gotta give props to emily unfortunately <laughs> god i feel so dumb because i just watched this and i just like didn't have time to process but that's so obviously yeah. what it is like yeah she says george she like t- takes a break and i think she says george 
And I guess that's the <clears throat> name that she's been told forever. But yeah, yeah that's like 1000% what it is. And, and when he sees her for the first time, meaning Father Paul and then Millie when she's younger and she's more cognitive, that's not just like two friends being like, hey, what's yeah. good? That's that's a lover. Yeah. yeah. He's like crying. He's crying because he's so happy. So, What are the implications <laughs> of that for Sarah herself? How is that even going to matter? Because I this think- is. We don't know. It's, I think yeah. it's just going to be like a scandal on the island like that okay. happened. And it's not a big deal to the story, except for the fact that it exists. I think it will be a big deal. I just don't think we know how it's going to be a big deal yet. I definitely take back my guess that Sarah's dying. I think that is enough for me to say she will not die yeah. because of the fact that it's, she's going to have some connection. Maybe he's full vampire and sees her and is going to kill her. But he's like, that's my daughter. Well, I don't know that I could envision did, a good scene like that. Did we say that we don't believe she's taking the sacraments no she's not sarah's gonna be yeah. one of the ones that is eyes wide open clear mm-hmm. eyes full hearts yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait we, we listed it earlier but we should definitely list it again who is the ones not taking the vampire shack well it was riley not anymore anymore joe the sheriff and his son ali riley and now sarah sarah's the one i missed so yeah yes. and then joe's now dead so there's still only four of them and if we're not counting riley that's really only three people we could trust And I just based on like scrolling through Twitter, sometimes like I'll see, you know, people hype up uh, Raul. Yeah. And he hasn't done much. I'm actually surprised by how little he's done so far. He's going to do some shit. There's going to be some crazy things here. And he's obviously like all the seed planning happened this episode about how obviously he's not doing any of the community. He's not Christian. And he says Christian. So weird. Do I say Christian? Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's just going to be like the source of light and he's going to be the best and everyone's going to love him like, Oh, and it's going to be awesome. Just like we love him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to say that I thought that the vampire in his trench coat and top hat was freaking hilarious. (laughs) Dude, I thought it was horrifying at the end. Like when he walks in and he just like walks through. First of all, he reminded me of Hill house. Yeah, me too. The Uh, guy that Luke sees. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just thought like it it was cracking me up. I'm just like this vampire just walking around a trench coat and a hat. Like, that makes episode one so much scarier. Like, Riley yeah. was chasing that monster on the beach. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane. And we see how fast he could fly when he flew at Riley. So he obviously just, like, whoosh, flew away Do whatever he when wants, yeah. Riley was chasing him. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't really have the answer as to why he just didn't eat Riley at the time. But So is the reason that the cats just got all drained for blood was just straight up food? food. Again? And yeah. then it seemed like he was getting a little more antsy and he left the, the uppers, went to that abandoned house, killed, what's his name? The bowl. 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 Yeah, so it seems like he's getting more and more antsy to get food yeah, sources. Like, if he's given the vampire sack, like when he's cutting himself, does he need to be sucking blood to get more? I back? think so. He so needs like, to be. Yeah, he needs yeah. to replenish. So maybe this, so. because maybe the reason why he didn't kill Riley in the beginning is obviously the whole point of his plan. If he has a plan, would be to make sure this town believes in the godly part of it. So. if I mean, Bowl disappeared. I mean, you could disappear, Riley, but mm-hmm. if Riley was found dead, people would be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I don't know. That's probably not a good argument because you could probably just make Riley disappear. But And we talked a little bit about it on the first podcast about his level of consciousness, the the vampire that is, because we originally, the only clue we had was the knock yeah. and then the knock back in the chest. But now when he walked in at the end, of episode four he shushes him after he starts talking so he just like is completely there i don't know if he can talk though without mimicking voices so that's what we don't know yet i just can't believe we didn't get anything yet for that i know i I, I mean they did it so blatantly with bowl that i was like two more episodes out of seven and we didn't get anything with the mimic thing yeah i don't know i i I, i'm over the shape-shifting thing i don't think that's anything yeah we we were wrong on that one so creep count I think uh, the Raul scare made me jump. Yep. <laughs> it, it's not scary. It's nah, just like it's just that- him reacting. I wouldn't have even seen that if he didn't react. You mm-hmm. know what I, I mean? actually had to rewind. I wanted I to know too. if it was in the window the whole time or just for that turn. And it was just for that turn. Yeah. But again, like, what's the vampire doing? He's like, he's just like, well, let me just listen in on this. Conversation. Why was he on actually, Aaron's roof in the first? Episode? It doesn't really make yeah. sense yet. There has to be some more goals going on. Agreed. Yeah. I was thinking that he was there because they were talking against Christianity kind Ooh, of. Do I need to in, kill these mother truckers? Yeah, basically. Ooh. So anytime someone's going against them, I was like, Ooh, and sees them at her window. But the, Aaron doesn't really make any sense. The kids, when they're on the island, like they're supposed to be altar boys. Right. They're, they're doing yeah, reckless say, shit. That counts. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I hope that's, that could be connected. 
Yeah. Because then that really means the vampires consciously leaning into the Christianity thing. Yeah. And I want that to be a thing and that the show's named after Midnight Mass. So I, I love it all. I want that to be the path Me it takes. Too. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was thinking about Hyman like a lot of the times when he's just looking in the window. Hi, it's like from what Paul? The, from the magicians. We cover the magicians, um, <laughs> but uh, it was just so funny. He's going around like looking in the window. I was like, "Oh, this is a really cool storyline." Like, I wonder how it's going to turn out. Like, oh man, this is a really dramatic conversation between the sheriff <laughs> yeah, and his right? son. This is crazy. <laughs> They're getting really heated with each other right here. I love watching this. By the way, Paul, <laughs> yeah. how hilarious would that be if we didn't say the magicians thing and people were just like, "Paul's like this reminds me of a Hyman." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess I needed to clarify there. And speaking of the magicians, because we didn't bring it up in yeah. the first podcast, I just needed to now. If you haven't seen The Magician, season three, episode one is such like a carbon copy kind of idea that this show kind of reminds me a lot of, yeah. right? Like, I guess this is more for magicians fans, but we have the whole priest, like this secluded island of people that are just doing anything the priest says. I think it's just a great reference. Yeah, and, the, the priest yeah. is using an illusion of a monster to make them follow him. Yeah, yeah. it made more sense after the first one because yeah. now we're now thinking that as much because i'm really guy. thinking yeah father paul could could eventually have uh, a good guy moment in the end even if he has to sacrifice himself to save his I daughter agree. or riley totally. or something like mm-hmm. that now that we're talking about other shows i might as well give our props where it's deserved our friend on instagram here's johnny 49 <laughs> called us out for not saying on the pod that hot mama herself from haunting and Philhouse, house carlo gugino was the judge that sentenced riley in episode one no facetime about 25 seconds of dialogue but freaking mike flanagan got our girl back on the show it's amazing that made me actually giggle that somebody name dropped hot mama yep. from our previous mm-hmm. podcast from Love Hill house. Mama. that's the best speaking of that i am so annoyed staring at mildred granny millie saying who is this actress if it's someone i don't know then fine but i kept yeah. being like is that carla Coutinho? is yeah. that her <laughs> i want it to be her yeah it doesn't look like her now that she's young i don't think like a slightly younger you don't think that looks like her i don't think are you so. saying that you, it could still be her yeah oh my god i would love that i so would much. freaking love that but I, I just i don't know i don't think it's her but i think it's like again we said no looking up just in case but she has a very distinct tonal voice and i'm telling you like when i watched episode one and riley was getting sentenced i randomly looked at alex and said is that debbie allen's voice like i clocked the voice but i got it completely wrong so i thought it's interesting that it is somebody i knew i just really fucked it up but she does have that kind of lower tonal voice and i don't think that mildred has that yeah so i'm really stretching it's a stretch oh one hot mama on on midnight if it's not hot mama Guesses on the board. Are we ever going to be seeing an episode of this season where we think Millie's hot? Millie's, oh, Millie's oh, yeah. so hot. <laughs> oh, it's okay. be hot. Oh, so you guys know what she looks like? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. Just no, oh, you're just in general. The, okay. the priest doesn't break his celibate vow yeah, for true. an ugly girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> true, man. Number one, his number one thing this whole time has been making sure his babe gets to be young again. Yeah. yeah he's literally he's like i am not missing this sacrament i will come calls. at midnight to sarah's house to give my girl millie her vampire sack <laughs> yeah so, so it can get everything nice and perky again but that was the question is like is it actually going to be like they go back to their prime like ed flynn like the dad like is he gonna go back to like 30, like 25, like what, what's considered their prime, the emotional, spiritual yeah. prime or like, I mean, he's already de-aging. They definitely made him look less old. Like I would have totally could, recognized him if he looked like this in episode one, which I didn't yeah. in episode one off the first scene. And the mom is definitely looking younger too. Mm-hmm. So my question was when Aaron said that her baby there's that not there anymore when she goes into heaven she's going to be aged up into a prime so i was like all right are any of the other characters that take the vampire sack gonna age up but then you go to lisa and lisa 
is apparently going backwards is what we think. So like her prime was behind her. Yeah. I still think there's a healing factor to it, Definitely. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's necessarily like Lisa should be like, that should be almost her prime. So she shouldn't really change much like physically, age wise yeah. physically, except for the healing factor. You just trying to drop some X-Men. My other thing about, uh, Millie, old granny Millie, is, is do you think she could be Jamie from Bly Manor? Amelia Eve? Yeah. That actress? It, it, it can't be. I'm obsessed with her. Uh, <laughs> I you would, think so? I would know. And she, I mean, she's British in real life. So if she maybe put on a different accent, because she had that like accent. Yeah, it was like the Irish to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she, it, she wasn't the au pair, but I'd love when she's like the au pair. Um, oh, no, Poppins. Her, yeah. her Poppins, yeah. Her voice was very mm-hmm. distinctive. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard her in anything else, so this could yeah. trick me. But I was thinking her. It, definitely not Nell. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luke would have sniffed that out in yeah, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know, but Luke I love give her. Now all the vampire sack necessary to bring her back to her prime. <laughs> now I'm just constantly thinking, like, how does Flanagan pick some people? Yeah. to go through different shows and like, like why, I'm not gonna say like anything wrong with Raul, but like, why is he the one that goes through a couple and then, um, it, from Haunting of Hill House, like Luke was in Oliver, yeah, yeah. like Oliver Cohen or whatever his name is. He's, he's the man. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, but he got. Two. I think you yeah. cast based on the roles. I mean, this is the first one where Flanagan wasn't going off of book content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he could have written specific roles for specific people. But the other two, I mean, I guess he could have still. But this one is a very obviously religious. So I think it works really well that Raul plays a Muslim. And yeah. I, I saw some that character some, was probably written. I saw yeah. some good feedback from Raul. People of Muslim faith like really giving him props for the way he portrayed it. It's like some of the best that they've seen. Good representation. Yeah. Because I'm not sure that what Raul is in real life. Yeah. Um, But I don't think he's that by the way the tweets went. I'm not sure. But people say he was portraying it very well. And and that's Mm -hmm. great because I love him. I want him to get all the roles. Yeah. He's the man. I want his accent back, though, because hot. His acting was amazing. He's put in such a weird position. Like, obviously, him and his son have had multiple conversations. Like, they had long conversations about it. Um, Like, what do you do when your son, like, goes looking for other religions? And he says, like, last thing he says, I'm not going to stop my son when he starts to go look for God. But at the same time, it's like, with all this crazy shit happening on this island, like, he's going to get tricked, like, almost. It's like Mm -hmm. the wrong idea. Right. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because when he's talking to his son and they're having that one on one where the vampire makes the scare, he says it's not magic. It's not like he's just referring to what the miracles that are happening here. And it just feels like Sheriff and Riley, they're going to work so well together when shit starts hitting the fan as like the two point men. And I could just see it being like those two versus Beverly and the vampire. And then Father Paul is going to be the one that switches from bad to good in the end. And like that could be a good way to do it. Um, because he seems like super gray and who knows what he wants to do. I can't see how Father Paul at this moment still thinks that the monster vampire is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that it's causing He's tainted miracles, now. but it's like, just look at the thing, I man. Know, like, yeah. and you know, now you're like turning into something crazy. I was actually thinking that Annie, the mom, was going to be the one to turn to, to, Hey, the church is up to something because the like last conversation Riley has with her right before he leaves to get munched on, like all of Christianity could be correct and could be right. But I know for a fact, father Paul lied to me. Yeah. So now I'm thinking Annie's going to be looking out and almost trying to trap father Paul in a lie, especially if Riley goes missing or something, because oh, that's yeah. the last thing she says. Yeah, if there is going to be a group coming together and going against like Bev and Father Paul in the church, I think it could be the sheriff and honestly Annie, which is crazy mm-hmm. because she's yeah. like one of the most devout ones. Yeah, I mean, if Riley has the situation where he can only come out at night and he needs blood, then he's obviously going to have to disappear himself. And if that happens, then I believe like 100% you're right that Annie's going to be like, where's my son? Right after he said father paul's not to be trusted he disappears you know also kathleen <laughs> <Second one. laughs> 
Kathleen just flips me off. I just want to give her some props because we saw in Riley's room that he has the seven poster, but the very, very corner of the left side of his room, you see the M. I don't even know if you see like EAM, not EAM. I yeah. watched it. Yeah, I saw it. And you see the poster. side of Drew's face like mm-hmm. very slightly. And I go, that's a scream poster. So I was wrong in episode one. I said that it came out in 97. So seven came out in 95 and scream came out in 96. So, mm. but yeah, I mean, dude, you guys would have been such boys with. Yeah, Riley, Riley would have been my freaking boy, man. Right? Zach Gilford. I would have made out of him big time. Uh, but I think couple more things we should do here before we can close out this episode is we should hit a couple of the other peripheral characters that we kind of haven't talked about much and just get a vibe for what everybody's feeling about them and then i think we can hit the last couple of big theories and probably call it okay uh but i do want to talk next about maybe my biggest complaint so far of the show which is not a complaint at all it's just what i've came up with when i was thinking of things i didn't like so far and i just don't give a shit about warren his friend or ali who i thought he was going to be a great character and he still could be because he's going to be so connected with the whole you know the religious i haven't taken the sacrament yet yeah yeah, i just i don't know why they like kind of guessed up what's uh warren right i don't know why they guessed him up in the first episode as being anything like even the i'm more interested in the parents now at this point Mm -hmm. than him especially the dad i thought the dad had a good turnaround episode because i i said it on the first podcast how i think i misread him where i thought he was going to be a huge dick the whole yeah. first time and then the second conversation he has with him in episode one or two it, it was a complete turnaround and then the boat conversation in this pair of episodes was just so good i feel like the dad was not what i expected and he wasn't like a religious freak wait that boat conversation was devastating i mean yeah but i mean he's at least trying i thought he yeah. was totally gonna be just like a shut riley out mm-hmm. yeah like, i mean he, he ends up with saying him. i love you too yeah i mean he was real with him he was like i I had an issue that you didn't care about the island or our job and you thought you were better than us and you mm-hmm. left us. Yeah. He was telling them the truth. I mean, so I guess what I thought was he was going to have that mindset the entire time. Yeah. Rather than him already flipping. It's so fucked up looking back because the entire conversation is talking about how Ed has been mad this entire time at Riley for all these horrible things that he's done. And then he's like, well, then I realized it's, how you were raised. It's not you. And it can't be your mother because she's perfect. So I'm sorry you're a horrible, shitty child. Like, what the fuck kind of talk is that? I was waiting for him, meaning Riley, to be like, Dad, it wasn't you. It wasn't Mom. I'm an alcoholic and I had a problem. Yeah, fuck that. He didn't say anything. I surprised. Dude, how funny was it, though? They go out there. They're about to set the nets. And the last thing Ed says is we should go back before it gets too late. It's like, bro, you come out here to have a conversation. You didn't even fish once. And I, I just assumed that this was going to be his moment to deliver his letter, quote unquote, and give his mm. speech to his dad about saying sorry or whatever. I don't think he gave Riley much to answer to. Like, I think I thought it was more like a no offense, but and then savagery. Like, it doesn't oh, really? you saying I love you at the end doesn't mean it's like. I was mad at you for a long time, and then you killed somebody. So, like, I'm like really mad at you. I mean, I still love you. <laughs> I am super mad right I'm, now. I, like, you're my son, so I love you. But like, you're kind of like annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how I took it. I was like, this is savage. I don't like it. I like was a complete opposite of you, though, Luke. Yeah. I w- want to see a lot of Warren. I want to see Uker. Um, I want to see Ali because they are like the altar boys they're the ones that see all the shit so i'm sure they're talking about like weird things that father paul is doing um another character that i really want to see is sturge he is the ferry captain is that what he is like on the island but uh it doesn't really matter he he is one of the three that or four i guess if you count bev that saw uh, father paul die so he he was like getting weird glances all episode four like especially when Father Hill like wouldn't come into mass and Bev was talking on the altar and especially when they go to the you know see Joe Carly's body. So I wanted to add him to the list of, you know, team anti-church or whatever, mm-hmm. if yeah. you will. Can you imagine being like it's one thing if you want to say Bev is just blinded by her faith or whatever, but literally the Scarboroughs and Sturge walk in and see Joe laying there dead with the blood trailing to father Paul with it all over his mouth that mm-hmm. he just ate it. He just sucked the blood 
and they're just like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? And Bev's like, this is God, bro. Like, this is really <laughs> yeah. an angel. Well, was when I was taking notes on that scene, I did kind of say that obviously Bev starts playing the card about if you don't believe in God, then your daughter's going to go back in the wheelchair. And I don't know, because I think I got a bad read on the mayor from the first two episodes as well. And maybe that is the only priority. He's not really caring about like being a good person as much as like he wants his daughter to be healthy, Yeah, which is, you know, that's fine. Cause the first time he talked a lot was remember when he was being all sketchy on yeah, the beach, about yeah. like, I, I guess that was just a weird scene. Cause I don't know if that's going to matter at all. So I, I don't know. I think it made sense why he went along with it, but I, who, whatever the other guy's name was, I don't really know. Yeah. Those are the ferryman. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about the kids, I was pretty surprised that Warren hardly got anything to do and maybe he will now in the next three episodes, but Ali could be interesting if we start to find out, like you're saying, Raul, the sheriff, like figures out the scheme and he's like, the sack is turning everyone into vampires and we need to fight this. But Ali still believes the miracles, Mm. his own son. Yeah. Like if his son takes the sacrament or something and they're actually like butting heads, I think that would be like pretty cool to happen. And maybe that'll bring him back into the main plot. I was going to say for Warren, I mean, at least when. Father Paul used the flask mm-hmm. for the wine yeah. that perked his ears up and made him go, hmm, that's mm-hmm. weird. So at least Warren is noticing things. He's not just like a da-da-da character. But I also think that I don't care about Lisa at all. Yeah. And yeah. and her speech, like I liked when she was like, you reached through time, Joe Collie. You stole from me. That was a sick line. But I was also like, chill, bro. Like, Because <laughs> I love Joe and she was freaking out. And I was yeah. like, mm, I, don't I don't know. Like, I wonder if we are going to get an answer more to how he shot her. I don't know, but my whole point to that was I agree with Luke. Don't care about the young people, mm-hmm. including Lisa. I don't care at all. Yeah, they teed him up to be the thing in the first episode, and then yeah. he just stepped away from him for a little bit. But yeah, I, when I was also taking notes on that scene when Lisa goes to Joe's house and is talking through her, my first like couple notes are saying like, wow, this is kind of a trope breaker too, where she's not going to forgive him. And then she forgives yeah. him right away. Yeah. Cause I was like, this is it's it's, it was expected that I thought she was going to go there and forgive yeah. him. And I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. She still let it rip though, but yeah. Eh. But the thing is, Make I that know, man stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get more on the All shooting. Right. Cause that, that seems good enough. Like a complete explanation of the whole hunting accident and Joe's dead now. So he's not going to come into play. I don't see how that's going to be relevant what again. If we, what if they feed him the sack and he becomes a vampire? And he, I was thinking that too, but isn't it? I think it's past. It's they too already, late, right? Yeah. The body and shit. Yeah. That's just the thing. I feel like I don't know the rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Like we've already talked about a million times. We don't have to do it again, but it, it there is a distinction between what makes you a vampire and what makes you just need the sack to heal. Mm-hmm. Something else about Sturridge. I was thinking we never actually see the body dumped. Correct. We see, Wade and Sturge roll them up in the carpet, but that's the last of it. Yeah. Um, I I was waiting for Sturge to like say, okay, I'll take care of it, and then actually keep the body as evidence later on to use going against the church because mm-hmm. you know I feel like if if you don't see it, you can't assume anything. Yeah, it's true, but I think they're both just like, what the hell? Yeah, freaked out. Mm-hmm. Beth did a really good job of just deflecting from yeah. Wade saying, "What the hell did you do to him?" to like, if you don't bury this body, you are not a Christian and not going yeah. to heaven. It's like, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> right before Riley shows up at Aaron's and then decides to go to find the vampire and Father Paul, I actually thought the reveal was going to be that he found them hiding the body because it was supposed mm. to happen at night. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be like walking back from what they did. And he'd be like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize we we're going to get the reveal right there that Riley finds out that there's a monster who likes to wear a top hat and a trench coat. (laughs) All right. Before we end, I have one more book for you guys from our boy, Richard McCrowan. It's called Salvation Mountain. College professor Jeffrey Cole and his three student assistants travel to the deep backwoods of the Appalachian Mountains in northern Georgia to do research on Father Divine, a rural preacher that 100 years ago created a fanatical religious cult that overwhelmed and murdered the mountain people in the dense backwoods of Salvation Mountain. But they find that the zealous fires are still burning strong and that the wages of sin is death. The novel Salvation Mountain by Richard McRowan is available on Amazon paperback and ebook and also an audiobook on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Salvation Mountain by Richard McRowan. If religion is the opiate of the people, 
then this is crack cocaine. Ooh, spooky season, baby. Spooky, spooky season, season, baby. Season. More religion. I mean, if you're into religion, then shit. Like me. Read that book. Wait, only fictional religion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, okay. all right. So, yeah, I feel like throughout that last couple of minutes of conversation, we did hit all the rest of the peripheral characters that I had written down. Is there anyone else that you don't think we talked much about? I know we didn't really talk that much about Aaron, but we hit the big points because it was all connected to the blood and the vampire and the pregnancy. I have a feeling we'll get more to her in the next few did, episodes. Did they bang? No, I would no say they're just no. snugging. Yeah, okay. I would say no. They so, used to bang. Because... I think she she was saying like, oh, like you're gonna come over again tonight. And I think that was going to be the night. I think he was going to get some, and then he got cock blocked by a vampire. Also, she lost her baby, and he decided to go confront Father Paul. These are my final thoughts. <laughs> okay, these are my final thoughts. Father Paul now. lying to Riley, saying that he's going to visit his sister could right. mean so many things. Could mean. He's visiting his sister's grave. It can mean yep. that Joe lied to Father Paul mm-hmm. and said, I'm visiting my sister, even though he wasn't. I don't know why that made Riley go. I'm about to fucking like I need to tell my mom to watch out for him. Like it could have easily been Joe lying. It, it could have been Father Paul misspeaking and meaning to save her grave. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that that alone wasn't enough. Father Paul specifically said, yeah, Joe is going to visit his sister and he may not be back for a while. So I think like you wouldn't go and visit a grave for like an extended period of time. Okay. But also it could just be like, Joe's like, okay, I'm not staying here anymore. Like, fuck this. I'm going away. Unless Riley was going to go back and be like, yo, his sister's dead and have a conversation. Yeah, with no, Paul. I mean, what do you think he was going to do? He like, literally was like, I know Father Paul lied to me. Oh, Watch I, out for him. I took it like he's just going to confront him and be like, bro, you lied to me. Tell me the reason. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I thought. Ooh. I didn't think he was like going to be like, you're a piece of shit. Or you're anything. a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say it. I'm a vampire. No, like, I agree with you. Like, there could be a million reasons why father paul said what he said how good was father paul's ex- facial expressions and body language when riley comes in right at the end he just looks up at him as he's like praying and goes oh and then just like proceeds to just close the door slowly like nothing to see in here wait i have one more funny <laughs> visual one more final thought. one more final thought no, one more final thought part my two my last fu- funny visual is when Riley goes to AA and Father Paul is just standing on his stoop like a fucking yeah. wacko. <laughs> yeah. So I took that as he was still testing because it was kind of twilight if he could go out yeah. into the yeah. thing. But the yeah. way he was standing, I was like, I know, me, me too. Me but you saw that like in another scene later when it's finally not day anymore, he does like the he puts his hand yeah, outside yeah. the porch to test it. So, but yeah, he was so creepy. Yeah, like if you're great. Riley, I'd be like, we good? Yeah. You good, bro? He basically was like that. Yeah. He's like, because yeah. Riley, during the montage, which we haven't brought up, which is a good montage, it was like um, Riley's parents dancing. The back was yeah. like everyone was happy. I'm like, shit's about to go down. Happy, yeah. um, Riley and Father Paul were like laughing in their sessions in yeah. the gym. I and mean, I'm like, again, we've said it. Father Paul's a good dude. Yeah. Like the, Riley's coming around at yeah. least. So when he goes up, he's like, no, bro, come on. And that could be part of the reason where he reacted so aggressively when the father Paul lied to him sure. because it was the first red flag that he had evidence. He's for. Like, I thought we were bros, dude. Don't freaking lie to my face like that. But, and why the hell do you not set up the coffee after the first meeting? <laughs> That's it. The coffee table is not there anymore after the first. Dude, meeting. I saw that. and I got so pissed off. I was like inconsistencies. Yeah, I was like, why is it not in the second meeting? <laughs> um, so. My final thoughts of this episode is, or going into episode five, I should say, is I think Riley could be dead. I hope he's not, but I think he really could be. I think there's going to be a lot of people coming out and speaking out against Father Paul for being sketchy. Also, are we going to get a good conclusion to Robin Sparkles like showing up in Riley's dreams? Like, If he's dead, that's done. Um, or is yeah. it going to be like, you know, specs from Bly Manor? That whole shit kind of got resolved, like episode four or something like that at the fire. And then you never specs, saw him dude. again. What I love specs. Back. I am going to tell you right now, Riley's not dead. There's no way. That's going to be the best part of the back end is that he's going to be a fucking vampire or yeah. just bloodthirsty or like a father. Paul. Like, there's no way he's dead. He's also just such a big name actor. Yeah, we and just, that isn't yeah. the way he would die if he was going to die, I think. For outside of 
TV show making reasons, there's no way he's dead. I, yeah. 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 Not Paul. to just completely shut you down, Paul, because I do like the idea that like I wish the stakes were a little higher that he could be gone. I just don't believe it. That's why I thought there was a freaking real chance that instead of him going to confront Father Paul when he's looking at Aaron's house, he was going to walk in and she was going to be dead. Oh, and that would have been something shit. they could have realistically done yeah. without it being like you're killing off the main character. Yeah, Paul, to your point, I kind of think that the Robin Sparkles thing was not necessarily like finished, but he did have like enough conversations with the father and, and Aaron to be like, listen, like I screwed up and it ruined my life and I, I'm dealing with it. And I mean, really, what else is there to talk about when it comes to her? You know, what 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 other point to it will there be? I agree. I think everything has been said about her. And now she might just be a good way for Riley to emotionally have like have some really good emotional scenes. I got one final thought. Uh, is there any world where this ends poorly and um, not like quality wise, but like where it's a, not a happy ending and literally like the last episode would be the whole island of everyone that's alive still being vampires and going to midnight mass. And like that could be like the ending. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I'm like rooting for them, I guess. But if it ended all in devastating th whatever, mm -hmm. I kind of would like that. I know. I think that would yeah. be a cool shot. Of this town sucks. Like yeah. their lives suck anyway. It's like, let's just make this a cool non-tropey ending where mm -hmm. it's like we're all just chilling in church, drinking blood. Father Brewitt's up there. Like, let's <laughs> get shots it. of blood Dude, yeah. doing body shots off each other of blood. I mean, I definitely had the thought of like the entire island becoming vampires, but now that you say that, like the only time they can come out is nighttime. So they're still going to be religious vampires and they're going to like have mass like straight up in the middle of the night. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, that... Okay. Sorry, Paul. Did you have something else? I accidentally jumped in on you. We didn't see if the vampire were circumcised or not. So still <laughs> a mystery. So now that you're saying that, Paul, like we have to assume that. Father Paul is going to try to make mass at night now, right? Yeah. So is that midnight mass? Like, is mm -hmm. that the point of it? Like, if he's going to stay the father, he can't come out during the day. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, he's going to have to try in the next three episodes while people still believe in him to make mass at night for some reason. I love that end thought. And I mm -hmm. really hope we get the circumstance. Circumcision answer. Circumcision answer. I think that's yes. huge. That's, that is a big deal. What are we going to have, like, riley fighting vampires like i just don't see how it ends happily like they're not going to be able to kill this thing i don't know i i really i don't either i don't know how it's going to end eternal daylight it's going to have to be something to do with the daylight or what stakes through the heart is that like the thing yeah, i think that they've done the daylight thing so much that it's going to have to be something with the daylight like yeah. you have to trap them vampires all right, baby. I think that's it. That was our episodes three and four of Midnight Mass. We'll be back with episodes five and six sometime next week. If you like what you heard, go back and listen to our Hill House and Bly Manor coverage. We also cover things like The Boys, The Hundred, Alice in Borderland, all the Marvel stuff. Uh, we also want to shout out to our patrons. Um, we really appreciate you guys. We're going to drop some more Patreon episodes, which I know you guys are loving. So uh, we'll get goofy on those again soon. And check us out on Binge on TV, on Twitter, Instagram, our website, and everything else. Stay spooky. Get spooky. Thank you and good night. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.